a podcast one production. Now, a lot of people thought during the recent royal wedding between uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle that it was a sort of a game changer for the Windsors, that they'd somehow modernised. But here on the podcast today, I'm here to tell you that's not necessarily the case because we're going to go through some of the jobs that actually exist in Buckingham Palace. And I'll be asking the panel... Cat's pyjamas or cat's piss with the chaser. My name's Chris Taylor. Joining me on the panel is Craig Rucastle, Charles Firth, Dominic Knight and Andrew Hanson. Good to be here. Hey. All right. Hello. (laughs) As I said, all of these are real jobs... Mm-hmm. These are people on the payroll of Her Majesty doing jobs at Buckingham Palace. At the moment. Yeah. I'm going to read out the jobs. All you have to do is tell me if it's cat's pyjamas, i.e. bonza, or cat's piss, i.e. that's the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. And the first job is the Grand Carver. Okay. This is true. The household maintains a position of Grand Carver, which literally just designates someone to carve up the roast meat on all special occasions held in the palace. <laughs> this is a full-time job? This is a full-time job. Someone's is just sort of, you know, kept <laughs> in the kitchen in case some meat ever needs to be carved. This is absolutely cat's pyjamas. I want a grand carver for yeah. my home. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I hate the way in which you're generally expected to carve up. I can't stand that job. It's a it's a terrible job. I would love to have a grand carver. And you always try and trick your, your guests into, oh, do you want to carve? Yeah, exactly. Are you good at carving? Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. no one has a knife yeah. normally. You know, like on Christmas when you got the turkey. Mm. Unless you've got one of those electronic knives oh, that, that you were given in a Father's Day <laughs> ten years ago. Mm. No knife ever does the job of cutting a decidedly dry, tough bit of bird. I mm. think that that electronic knife, you know the one with the double blades that yes. goes back and forth? Oh, the chainsaw. I think that's probably the only thing I really want for my parents when they die. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> the electric knife. The rest of their, I mean, that's amazing, that thing. That really does it. I mean, it's amazing that the royal, presumably the Grand Carver, has had to keep it hidden from the royal family for all these years <laughs> that that exists. Well, there's no way any other knife's doing the job. Do you reckon he's nicking out the back? Yeah. Going downstairs into the galley, going, quick, give me the electric knife. I'm, I'm going to have a bit of scepticism here. I think this is cat's piss. I think the man has nothing to do, and I assume it's a man, given it's such a blokey task. Most of the time, he's basically sitting there not doing much. That is unless the grand carver is involved in carving other things as needed, like maybe if there's jack-o'-lanterns for Halloween or or unruly pe- peasants who need to be chopped up and disposed of. You want the, royal, the grand carver to do other things around the place, maybe a hedge. Sort of Ed, Edward Scissorhands no, style. No, Dom, Dom, then, then when you have a piece of meat, yeah. they'd be busy mm. doing something else. Exactly. That's the not, whole use. Mm. So mm. just so I can understand it, Dom, your objection to this person's job, and just just for context, you are the host of Radio Chaser, a show that goes through one hour a day. Mm. Your, your objection is this guy's just a bit underemployed. I mean, he's not doing enough. <laughs> no, he's doing too much. By royal standards, that's way too much for a job. But, like, no one in the royal family works as hard as doing an hour a day. Yeah, it's true. Well, we don't know how much meat they eat yeah, a day. I think Prince Philip might want a pig for breakfast. And, which, and in morning which case, tea as well. the Grand Carver <laughs> would be summoned. No, You know, he wouldn't be allowed to cut his own bacon or anything like that. The Grand <laughs> Carver would be banged out of his emergency glass cabinet, fetch the sharpest knife he could find and mm. saw away. Now, just when you said... 
Cut your own bacon. Is that a euphemism for something? <laughs> I was wondering if that's... Is that another job there? Yeah, right. <laughs> we cannot have the prince cut his own bacon. Yeah, that's the grand tosser's job. Yeah. Now, I do have a little bit more information. Hmm. Um, Dom was correct. It is a man. Um, the role is currently held by the Earls of Denbigh and Desmond. There's more than one. <laughs> There's two. <laughs> let me explain this. <laughs> it's a hereditary position. Oh. Hereditary. You you oh, can so only be even... you can only be born in to the role of well, Grand so, Carver. So, 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 so the cat's piss. You don't even have to be good at carving. <laughs> you just have to you have to be born in. Well, uh, it's in your genes, Andrew. Imagine being told though, like when you're a little boy, you know, oh, I want to be an astronaut. Well, I'm afraid um, <laughs> because you've been born into this family, you're not going to be an astronaut. You're going to be carving roast <laughs> yeah. meat for your entire life. And what if you were a no. povo kid from the streets with just a an amazingly sharp knife and a dream. Yeah. No hope. You'd have to be a regular street butcher. But no, so it's it's a hereditary position. They do genuinely believe it's a genetic gift that has been, <laughs> that has been bred into them. Passed down the line of of the Earls of Denby and Dedman line. Yeah. But get this, this is why this is explains why there's two of them. A separate position exists for Master Carver of Scotland who performs all roast slicing duties at when the Queen is at Balmoral. Oh, North of the border. Yeah, yeah. So really? you've, got a, you've got an England carving specialist and then a Scottish carving yeah, specialist. that's fair enough. You can't have somebody travelling. It's ridiculous. Well, you can't. And, it's, mm. you know, the, the, the English guy wouldn't know what to do if Haggis suddenly oh, presented himself. He goes, I've never seen anything like it. We yeah. need to have a Scottish expert in. But well, also, I imagine the blades work differently at different latitudes and everything. Like, all like that. That. Yeah, and all there, there's, also, there's also the batter to consider. The Scottish carver has to get through six inches of batter <laughs> every time he carves anything. <laughs> Would he use one of those daggers? You know, how, you know how Scotsmen conceal daggers in their socks? Do you think that's what he would yes. use to do the cutting? What are they called? Those little knives? I, I know what duck, you mean. A wee duck. A duck. Or something. Well, the only thing I don't have information on is the type right. of knife they use. I do like Craig's suggestion that they're, they're nipping downstairs and getting one of the electric knives. Yeah, surely a sword. <laughs> and they go, no, really, it's our genetics. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to use your hand. <laughs> just rip it apart with your fingers. <laughs> like, Get in there, son. Here you are, madam. I slightly fingered roast pork for you. <laughs> Well, this is, I mean, you're right, though. I mean, are they out of a job now that every meat has to be pulled? Oh, yes. yes. Uh, well, the pulled pork sliders pork. are a nightmare mm. for them. Yeah, is, is, is there a grand pull There's a grand oh, pull There's no grand there pull oh, Yeah. He's just, just near the bacon man. He's <laughs> <laughs> his, his office. <laughs> Imagine every time, every time he goes to the party and he has to explain my job. I'm the grand puller. But hang on, <laughs> hang on, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> just, hang on. Just no, 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 hang on. No, no, stop. No, stop. Stop with your pants. All right. So I think that's a general. Hang on. No, but no, I've changed my vote. I do want to change my vote to Cat's Piss now. Now that's hereditary. I don't believe in any hereditary jobs. Jobs. So this is cat's piss. Bullshit. This is going to make the, the whole mm. podcast a little um, cat's pissy for you. Oh, <laughs> well, this is, surely not everybody's like, well, the gardener so too. The yeah, no, surely the royals aren't into hereditary <laughs> positions, Craig. <laughs> this will be a shock. If the monarchy itself is hereditary, <laughs> mm. does it not follow that the people they employ might also have a bit of that going on? Yeah, I hate on? to break it to you, England, not a meritocracy at all. Oh, I mean, is, is the IT guy, is that a hereditary <laughs> right, position exactly. as well? Or? The grand right. tech guy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. When they order Domino's pizza, it has to be a hereditary pizza boy that comes around and gives it to them. And then the carver choice. has to come out to slice up the pizza. Does the carver, does the great carver have a pizza wheel? No, the, the carver will only do roast meat. He's very particular about that. You won't do tofu? So if you no. want, Steamed chicken If you want the out. top lopped off your boiled egg of a morning, he won't no. touch that. It's beneath him. There's another family that was born into that job. What about tofurkey? Oh, well, he might, yeah, maybe in these vegan-friendly times he might stoop to slicing up a bit of uh, tofu.
All right. Great job. The next job, uh, this is a real job at Buckingham Palace, is the royal shoe wearer. Hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the queen? <laughs> no. You'd think it'd be that Where simple, Dom. One of the Queen's wardrobe staffers is responsible for breaking in all of her shoes. Oh, <laughs> oh that's yes. a great idea. Cat's pajamas to that. Oh, that we, that's a, very useful. I now know why Meghan Markle yeah. married into the royal uh, family. She wanted a shoe breaker. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. This, I know it's a, this is not a visual medium and this is also extremely gross, mm. but I'm going to tell you why I love this job so much. <laughs> I had a pair of Blunderstones I was wearing on War and Waste and I literally now cannot walk anything else. Look at this, look at my left toe. Because you wore them before they were broken in. Oh, that's oh, disgusting. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. It's got a massive, I don't know what it is. It's oh. practically dislocated. It's, it's, it's like smashed. I can only wear sneakers now because I did not have a royal shoe wearer. So or, can, or even a common one. Yeah. So can you imagine, because your, your feet do get screwed up by new leather shoes. So is this poor person essentially like a kind of a, a Chinese woman whose feet have been bound since an early age, do their, do their feet bleed regularly? I, I don't think that there's any suggestion that it's a, it's a difficult job. Um, I don't, <laughs> it would you, be. You, you, don't, you don't need job. a young, bound-footed Chinese woman. It's just someone, you know, goes through a couple of laps of the palace in any new pair of heels mm. that the Queen owns just so when the Queen comes to wearing them, the, the leather's already softened. Yeah. And the reason is, well, as any woman would tell you, it's very uncomfortable to wear a new leather heel. So it just softens the leather and... Um, that's a job. And is it a hereditary position? No, this, this apparently anyone can do this job. Oh, good. <laughs> well, no, but it'd be the most, world's most painful job. Imagine, yeah. be, I've, I've been on my feet all day, you'd say, when you got home, and in bloody new shoes every single day of my life. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is like, it's a hell, it's a vision of hell. It is, this is like, like you, your feet, trying to say. the worst feet on earth. Yeah. Couldn't you cheat, though, and, like, sort of just put the shoes on the corgis or something and get them to do a few laps of the lawn and say, oh, yeah, no, I've, I've done all your shoes, your majesty. They're all good, but they've actually just got See, corgi shit. You know, them. there's always leaks from the pa- palace, palace, you know, where oh, some, you know, disgruntled employee leaked. <laughs> do you think it might be this person? Yeah. <laughs> How far do they Constantly take this? disgruntled. How far do they take this idea at the palace? I mean, is someone wearing in the suits... That they wear, or or perhaps some, um, you know, the, the other clothes. Would would there be a condom wearer in that had to make sure that the condom was appropriately stretched to fit? I certainly hope not. I think most <laughs> condoms have pretty good give in them. So first 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 go, I think you're fine. You don't need someone. I don't know about you, Dom. Are you getting someone to break in your condoms before you put them? Much on? more comfortable. <laughs> the uh, yeah. so just just what I like particularly about this job as well is that. There have been times over the last, you know, a few hundred years where there's been, you know, a pushback against mm. how much money the royal family yes. has mm. and how much they're, you know, they're sponsored by the state and that kind of thing. I like the fact that through every one of those processes they've still been royal shoe water. No way we're getting rid of that. <laughs> oh, the great <laughs> necessary. <laughs> bloody Grand Carver. Yep, yeah. need the Grand Carver. They would argue this is proof of their newfound austerity. There used to be like 20 shoe oh, yeah, areas. Yeah, they've got right. it down to one poor person <laughs> oh, who's yeah. just doing laps of the palace. There used to be somebody for each pair of shoes. You know like those <laughs> shoe, shoe things where you leave it in the cupboard yeah. and it just stretches the shoe yeah, in the yeah. cupboard mm. and you're there. 
there used to be just a person for every one of those shoes. You'd open the cover, uh, Trevor, can you step out? I'm going to wear those today. Don't you reckon if you were the queen, you'd start sort of taking the piss and like deliberately buying like clogs? Clown shoes. Like, like, yes. I can just imagine the clown Clowns shoes getting worn in. Ugg boots, stilts, just giving them really yeah, fucked yeah. up things yeah. to try out. Next um, time I have some blundstones, I'm going to sneak yeah. them into the royal palace and fool one of the shoe wearers into breaking Wouldn't it be great? In. You came to work one day and those massive uh, sort of higher-than-the-knee boots from Kinky Boots were there and you're just like, Oh, shit. <laughs> My entire leg's going to be amputated after this. Maybe this is the great prank the royal family's played on, you know, allowing Meghan Markle into the family. Oh. They just wanted someone to be the shoe wearer. <laughs> yeah. A quick uh, around the panel, royal shoe wearer, cat's piss or cat's pyjamas? Oh, I want one. This is cat's pyjamas. I think everything's going to be cat's pyjamas yeah. for me because, I mean, you want to live like a royal... And and you can see why the, the English people love their royal family because they have genuine things to aspire to. Like, in our country, we don't have anyone no. who has a... has A, a carver. Clive yeah, Palmer's got someone constantly chopping up meat for him, which I'm sure that's true. I think the Liberal Party has a carver, but they don't carve meat. They carve each other's backs <laughs> yeah, during yeah, Liberal yeah, 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 And Clive Palmer, I think, has a, a sausage roll cutter. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a cat's piece. I, I think it's terrible. They should share it around. They should all have to do... Each royal should have to do one day... Um, and just imagine how much perspective they'd gain if they if they walked a mile in someone's new shoes. <laughs> now, next job we have at the palace is what's known as the piper to the sovereign. <laughs> this was a position first created by Queen Victoria, and the piper to the sovereign essentially acts as the official bagpiper of the royal family. However, his main duty is to play the bagpipes every morning at nine o'clock sharp for fifteen minutes under the Queen's window. <laughs> she Cats. asked for this. This is well, it's royal tradition. Imagine she, she has Queen to Victoria endure it. Wanted it. like Victoria thought. You know what? I my life is missing. Is it every nine a.m. every morning? I mean, my God, she must have been bonkers. The piper to the sovereign travels to all residences. So unlike the carver, who only does the English ones, the piper will go to Buckingham Palace, Windsor, Balmoral, and all the royal residences, and every morning at nine play for fifteen minutes. You know how sometimes the royals have been known to have affairs. <laughs> Like, is it a big giveaway that there's, like, some little apartment down the road and suddenly the piper's out the front? They're like, Charles, have you, have you been sleeping around? Not at all. Why was the piper stay there? anywhere, could you? No. Or if oh, bloody piper's given me away again. Oh, I was thinking, telling him. I was thinking you're going the other way, Craig, where if you wanted to cover up the noises... Of, oh, your, of, your, of your morning yeah, yeah. nine o'clock shag, well. you, you know you can always get one in when the pipe is blasting. Well, I think I think that's what the Queen does. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't need fifteen minutes. How do they stop themselves? How do they stop themselves from from hurling uh, a vat of boiling oil out the window onto the onto the piper? It's a very good question, Doc. Because I, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I don't find the sound of bagpipes especially pleasing to the ear at the best of times. Well, there's no but snooze button. But at nine o'clock in the morning, imagine if you've had a massive night and the bloody mm. bagpipes start up at nine a.m. Well, the Queen's you. always had. She's always pissed. Well, she's not. She's always, always pissed. But she's, she's about she, six gins a day. She's always got a, a, a sore head every morning. Queen Mum was always pissed. No, Queen, the Queen pissed? Oh, absolutely. Oh, she has a lot head. of gin and yeah. Dijonet and things like that at the course of a day. But that's that's presumably hair of the dog because she's got such a terrible headache from the bagpipe. <laughs> <laughs> I, <think laughs> the, I think the giveaway is the time, 9am. 
which means I think that it's very, very certain that by 9am the Queen has left her room. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably started at 6am yeah, and she went, uh, you know, oh, I'm later. a bit of a late riser. Yeah, yeah. Um, do we I say think, midday? The, the poor cleaner every day comes in <laughs> to clean the room. It's like, ah, oh, no. But mm. I actually have an explanation for this one, mm. which is, you know how Scotland doesn't really like being part of England? Mm. No. Ah. This is the royal family, sort of. This is the concession they have yes. to make. They oh, have jobs to, for the Scots. They have to pretend mm. that they like bagpipe music in order to sort of keep the Scottish people on side. Ah, yes. So that's yeah. why. That's why yeah. they do it. Couldn't they just hang a kilt over their door or something? Like, wouldn't there be a, a less inconvenient way to mm. acknowledge the just Scots? No, no, because it, it's it's like a conversation <laughs> topic. It's like, oh yes, yes, yes. You know, whenever you go up to Scotland, oh yes, yes, yes. We really. We really like your bagpipe music. You know, it's, it's yeah. sort of, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I do feel a bit like mm. my entire, all of my family are Scots too. Mm. And I do sometimes feel that slight pressure to pretend you like, you like the, the bagpipes. bagpipes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> my parents are like, who's bagpipes? Now, let's go to Brigadoon. We've got no information whether he, he varies the tune each morning or whether it's sort <laughs> of you like. you heard of bagpipes? <laughs> it's basically the one song, Scotland <laughs> the Brave, no. isn't it? It's Amazing Grace or Scotland the Brave, but I've kind of reminded of. Is it Groundhog Day where every morning he wakes up and oh, it's yeah. I Got You, yeah. Babe? Yeah, yes. yes. Do you reckon he's, it's basically <laughs> the same tune every morning? <laughs> Look, that wouldn't be good enough for me. I would have thought you'd surely Despacito <laughs> at so, some point. Whatever's in the charts, it'd be a great way of keeping the Queen across the hits of 2018. That's not bad. So give her a bit of Bruno Mars. Yeah. Mm. Or a bit of, uh, I don't know, Miley Cyrus, something like that. <laughs> if, he, if it was the same one, you could almost it'd be the easiest job in the world because you could just set a tape recorder up mm. outside a window and never actually come to work, but just get pay someone to play the song each morning. <laughs> I've got a little bit more info. Mm. Um, the position's regarded as a huge honour in the bagpiping community. Um, <laughs> hugely fought over amongst pipers. Mm. Only 14 pipers have ever held the post since 1843. Only 14, hang on. So what? what, do each of them do it for about 50 years? Well, I, what are the maths on that? It sounds like they do. They're very long serving. And it would be oh. the easiest job in the world. You're only working 15 yeah. minutes a day. Well, it would be so, a job. I mean, if you're a piper, any any job would, would be good. It's only that or John yeah, Farnham. I reckon that's the hardest working bagpiper in <laughs> yeah, the world. It's the only one is <laughs> in regular work. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder it's sought after. I wonder <laughs> if, you know, like when the royal family sometimes need to travel by ship. Like in the you know in the fifties and stuff, how on earth would he have played underneath her window? Is he like in a rowboat swimming underneath the QE two, trying to keep up with Her Majesty's window, playing Scotland yeah. the Brave? Or if she's on one of those sort of long haul flights, the poor guy has to be strapped to the outside of the aeroplane. <laughs> cat's piss or cat's pajamas on the piper to the sovereign. Well, Chris, for, for for me, it's it's cat's piss. If you were going to choose any instrument or any, I mean, if you had the power of the royals, why wouldn't you? You hire a different Scottish, like hire Bell and Sebastian to play outside the window, not a, not a piper. <laughs> all right, so that's Cat's Piss from Andrew. Dom? Look, Cat's Pyjamas all the way because I think there's so much that's lovely and luxurious about being royal. There should be some part of the job that is unambiguously shit. Nine bagpipes is that for me. All right, Charles? I, I, I'm actually, I'm, uh, I, I actually like bagpipes. I, I know I'll get derision for that. I really enjoy I went to Scotland when I was young and I've always had a soft spot for bagpipes. So this is Cat's Pyjamas. All right, well, that's a good news. So, so does anyone willing to play uh, bagpipes outside Charles's house? At, Every morning. <laughs> Every morning. <laughs> <laughs> See how it goes down. The second I, best bagpiper in the world is free at the moment. Yeah. You can't get the job. 
top yeah. of the royal family. So we'll send him to Charles's house. It's sad when cat's pajamas for me as well, although slightly different reason to Charles. I mean, my I figure that because of this job. There's a slightly lesser chance that I'm going to run into a bagpipe <laughs> somewhere else in the world. <laughs> now, still keeping with the uh, the musical theme, uh, this next position is called the official harpist to Prince of Wales. Um, <laughs> well, he gets one. Yeah. Now, this is a job that Pr- Prince Wales, the Prince of <laughs> Wales, which is Prince Charles, uh, the next in line, he personally reinstated this role quite recently. Uh, the, mm. the official harpist to the Prince of Wales was discontinued way back in the days of Queen Victoria, but Charles apparently wanted to grow the harp's profile as an <laughs> instrument. So he what? reinstated the official harpist to the Prince of Wales. Um, now, at, at the moment, as of <laughs> the last few years, um, Anne Denham is the current official harpist to the Prince of Wales. It's one of the few jobs in this podcast we'll be discussing that women perform. Um, Anne Denham replaced the previous harpist, Hannah Stone, after Stone, who was married, ran off with an opera singer, 20 years her elder, causing what was one of the greatest royal harp-related scandals for many (laughs) years. Uh, It's unclear what duties the official harpist to the Prince of Wales has other than just needing to play the harp whenever Prince Charles wants her to. Cat's piss or cat's pyjamas? Well, I I was always... I I, I just thought... When they abolished the official harpist all those years ago, mm. I was outraged. Yeah. Uh, there was I, a hole in the life of Britain. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so I'm so glad that Prince of Charles, he's a progressive man mm. and he's just brought back a position that actually you know, fills a vacuum. It does. Yeah, mm, it does. I wish you hadn't mentioned the name of the person because I had a theory, and it's more defamatory with the name being there, which is that this, this official harps to the Prince of Wales, you know, there's, you know, as I said, there's a lot of talk about the affairs that go in the royal family. Mm. I thought this may have been the official harpist that the Prince of Wales may have been an official position. Oh, for, right. Uh, you know, You'd have dexterous fingers, wouldn't you, if you were a harpist? <laughs> mm. Yes. I, I thought it may have been one of the affairs going mm. on in... in <laughs> You know, sort of, way of did you bring your G-string? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, but I'm not saying, I mean, I'm sure Anne is a great harpist. Yeah. <laughs> How often would you have caused to need a harpist? Like oh, 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 all the time. Oh. Don't you find that? Isn't it frustrating in life? Well, yeah, my, my ringtone on my phone is, is harp. harp music. You can have that performed so, live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you reckon, he, you reckon he goes to a restaurant and goes, oh... You know what we really need here is a harp. And the harp, yeah. Chris, Chris, it's it's every time he sits down to to reminisce about the past. That's when you need a harp. <laughs> That's to go true. He literally has the flashback harp. <laughs> and he went, yes. yeah, that's not a bad thought. Because <laughs> he's reaching that time in his life where he's desperately old. It's all flashbacks. <laughs> and, you know. We're going to think we're getting about the day when Princess Diana hit that wall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's cat's pyjamas because right? I'm all for government funding for the arts. I think it's a fantastic thing. And I'm glad that there's someone who's willing to sponsor players of shit instruments, be they bagpipes or harps. I think there should be like a royal kazooist mm. and perhaps a, a royal recorder player. All the shit, just because <laughs> yeah. no one else is going to pay mm. for it. And finally, the royals are doing something useful for the arts. <laughs> okay, so uh, cat's piss, Andrew, cat's pyjamas. Uh, look, cat's I, piss. Think it's, um, I think it's cat's piss for the harpist. I mean, imagine being an on 
on-call harpist. Like, <laughs> at, at least you could be an on-call harmonica player or something that you could quickly hop on the bus with and go where you're needed. This poor lady, she gets <laughs> rung up. Oh, yes, could you bring a harp pronto to uh, to Domino's Pizza or wherever I happen to be? I mean, it would just be terrible. You'd almost her. want to put in your contract that there has to be a harp in every room of the palace mm. so she doesn't have to cart the bloody thing up the stairs whenever Prince Charles demands yeah. one. Does that mean that there is a, a position for royal harpist roadies? Yes. yes. To yes. carry the harp around. Yes. I think yes. that's Camilla. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. I'm lugging a harp up the stairs every time. Got, got your harp here, your, your royal highness. <laughs> now, um, this next job, I'm just going to give you the title and I'm going to ask you to guess what you think this job actually entails, and then we'll talk about it a bit. The job title is the Royal Horological Conservator. Royal the, Horological. This, this, the Royal this just a, like a clo- this just a guy, someone who sets the clocks. Is that what that is? Yeah, pretty much. It's it's the Royal Clockwinder. But that wouldn't oh, do. You, you, you can't that, just, Andrew. You can't just call them. <laughs> <laughs> He's a friend of mine. You see, you can't just call them the guy that the guy that winds the clocks forward. Oh, yeah. he, he gets the title of the Royal Horological Conservator. Now, unlike the carver and the shoe wear and other ones, we've this guy actually has a bit of work to do. He's got to. He's in charge of one thousand clocks, all of which are old school analog. They, they, they just haven't they haven't entered the digital age at all. They don't use their iPhone. The wristwatch. What about the swatch? No, every, Come on. Even the fobs that dangle down Prince Philip's thigh. This guy personally has to get in and and wind a thousand every morning. A thousand clocks a day. Can you imagine how much you'd hate daylight saving. Like you'd literally be saying, "Look, look, your Majesty. If you issue one decree, just maybe bad daylight saving." Because I'm just going to say it's going to take me the next six months to change them all, and then I've got to do it again. Imagine how jealous he must be of the Grand Carver. You bastard! All you have to do is carve the odd slice of meat. I'm winding bloody clocks all day and night. Do you think? You know the worst part of his job. The worst part of the horological conservationist job is that he has to wind the Queen's clock forward and put it right every day at 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so cat's piss or cat's pyjamas on the Royal Horological Conservator. Oh, it's, it's, it's cat's pyjamas in its ridiculous. What's the, what's the ridiculous saying involving cats when you don't give a shit? <laughs> <laughs> cats utter indifference. No, I think it's cat's pyjamas because... What the royal family, like if we're going to have a royal family, you, they're basically, it's jobs that are completely outdated. And it seems, it seems perfect for me that as part of that system, you have someone who performs a job that is now done automatically for every single person on the planet by their smartphone. It seems completely fitting. If you're going to have royals, you may as well have some poor sod who winds the clocks for them. You're right. If you're going to have anachronism, yeah. you're going to have really, analog. Go dogs. hard. You know, yeah. If, you, if you're going to be a, a bear, be a grizzly bear. Thinking about it, I reckon it's cat's pyjamas. Because, God, it would be... Can you imagine if, if this wasn't done, like, the Queen could be late to something. Oh, no. and, you know, that's very important. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You'd hate yeah. for the royal family to fall behind the yeah, times. I mean, <laughs> oh, no. The Queen's not here. We can't... Mm. Do whatever yeah. it is. If, if she didn't, if she didn't check one of her thousand clocks, <laughs> you know, that would be a shame, wouldn't it? Because she'd be sitting there, it'd be eight thirty in the morning, and suddenly she'd hear the bagpipe. She'd be, oh my god, I'm late. <laughs> that means, say, it takes what two minutes to wind a clock. A clock mm. does it? And there's only three thousand six hundred minutes in a, in a day, isn't there? Is that right? 
So, so that, that means that literally I, there's not enough time there's in the about, day. There's about 18, uh, yeah. Like I, I'm assuming you don't need to wind every clock every, every day. day. Right, yeah. okay. Like, right, if, okay. I've, have you yeah. ever had a watch that needed to be wound? I think it's about every yeah. three days. Yeah. I know. So I know stagger, would, his stagger is routine. Yeah. I know who would know how many minutes there are in a day, the Royal Horological Conservator. <laughs> 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 That's probably all he knows. And this next one, I assume most of us will have heard of, but there's some interesting things you might not know about this position. And I'm talking about the Poet Laureate. Oh, yeah. Um, has everyone heard that the, there's an official Poet Laureate? And many countries, actually. <laughs> it's not just Britain that has a Poet Laureate. The United States has one. Ours is, was Max Walker, wasn't it? I think oh. it was. It was. Um, the tradition began, though, in England in the 17th century. It's been held by very well-known poets such as William Wordsworth, Alfred Tennyson. And the job, insofar as there, as there has ever been a job description, is simply to write poems for special events if you feel the urge. Oh, really? Only, oh, if, the, only really? if you feel inspired. You could actually wow. be the Poet Laureate and never write a fucking word in your life. <laughs> well, how did he get that in his contract? I mean, that's a good, that's a good, that's cat's pyjamas. All jobs should be, you know, you turn up to work if you can be asked. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, but is it, can you be sacked or is it, you know, is it one of those things where once they give it to you, you're there for life? Like Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, should be, it should be. It should go together with the Queen, really. Well, it's hard to know because if you, yeah, if you hadn't phoned in a poem for like ten yeah, years, yeah. you're probably looking a bit shaky in the job. Mm. Then again, if you're phoning in really shit poems, you might yeah. also be looking shaky in the job. Yeah. So you're sort of damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because mm. oh. was Seamus Heaney. I don't think he was. Ted one. Hughes was. Ted Hughes was mm. the last well-known one. The current uh, British poet laureate is Carol Ann Duffy. Yeah. Uh, the first woman ever appointed to the position. Such a progressive bunch, the royals. Now, this gets interesting. She receives a quite modest salary of just over £5,000 a year. But all she gets. Yeah, you're, but she doesn't have to write anything for that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the truth, yeah, yeah. For, <laughs> for the world's easiest so bloody I job. I don't think yeah. there is even a poem at the Harry and Meghan <laughs> wedding, which you'd regard as one of the few events you might someone might call for yeah. a poem. Didn't she gave, a, oh. gave, gave They gave her a call. She's like, yeah, nah, don't really feel yeah, like it. Yeah, nah, <laughs> what, what, yeah, what rhymes with Markle? Sparkle and <laughs> Farkle. <laughs> Who gives a yeah, Farkle? Yeah, Farkle. I wrote Farkle in the end. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she gets yeah, just over 5,000. Pounds a year, but this this is this is really interesting. According to the tradition of the poet laureate, she also gets a quote butt of sack unquote. <laughs> what a, a butt of sack? A butt what? of sack. Which wait for it? Not a sack of butt. No. <laughs> no. If you write a poem, you get a sack of butt. <laughs> Prince Harry's had a few of those. She gets a butt of sack, which I joke you not, is six hundred bottles of sherry. <laughs> No wonder <laughs> she doesn't write any poems. Yeah. She's so big. Wait for it. A, a year. A year. <laughs> you get £5,000 and 600 or so bottles of sherry a year to help get the emotions and inspiration flowing. And you know why? That's because the Queen set the number of bottles right. that she needed. What Just a modest supply. Yeah. <laughs> Two bottles a day, that'll do. So, so if you see some old lady selling sherry on the side <laughs> of the road, it's because she's just trying to supplement a paltry five grand a year. <laughs> doesn't this speak to the romanticism of, you know, of poetry? Poet? Yeah, the, and the, the idea, alcoholism. Mm. The idea that you, you know, you just 
the only way you can do it is not through craft and application mm. but through mm. off inspiration. Your, being off your tits. Mm. I mean, well, if anything, the modern poets might think 600 bottles of sherry is a bit on the light side because I think people like Wordsworth oh, and yeah. Keats were all on the opium. Oh, yeah. Well, they were on the hard stuff. And then, yeah, came up with their masterpieces. What can poor Carol Ann Duffy be expected to come up with on 600 well, bottles of what, sherry? What's the going rate for converting <laughs> uh, bottles of sherry to, to, to heroin? I, I've never had to do that transaction. <laughs> yeah, look, i got to say, look, it's not good. If you go into a heroin <laughs> with sherry, it doesn't go down well. They're not yeah. – it's not a good exchange. Even if you've got a killer limerick up your sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually better than – because it used to be um, – just an old gas stove, and <laughs> when Sylvia Plath had it, oh. and then after that, yeah. All right, <laughs> so look, let's that go. That's against all broadcasting regulations, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, when cats piss on the broadcasting. <laughs> uh, let's go around the table. The idea of having a poet laureate and paying them six hundred bottles of sherry a year. Cats piss or cats well, pajamas? Is, let's start is, with Charles. Yeah, this is cats piss for me. In that, I think that the poet laureate should be paid like a hundred. I would have thought hundred grand a year, and they don't have to. I, don't, I quite like the idea that they don't have to produce anything. But we should be paying our poets well. Shouldn't it's, we? By the You're standard, the only person who thinks that in by the, whole the standards world. of arts grants, it's incredible. Incredibly paltry, isn't yeah, it? Like that's normally, right. you know, any like writer in residence <laughs> yeah. at a pissy university would be on a hundred grand a year, wouldn't they? Yeah, really? exactly. No, oh, no, I reckon this is one of the highest paid poets in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's cat's pajamas, but that they should have to update it. I want to see the slam poet laureate ah, yes. um, going and, and doing beats, and I think I've been to a few slam poetry events, and I actually think. That 600 bottles of sherry is the one way to make them enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. so I'm all for That's it. That's cat's pajamas for Dom Andrew Hansen. <laughs> oh, look, I, I, I'm jealous actually. I, I think this is cat's pajamas. I, I want to go for the job. Um, I think this, <laughs> this sounds like a fantastic job because you, you get to sort of do nothing. Uh, you've got these sort of trucks coming from Dan Murphy's every morning. Um, I, I think it sounds absolutely like a paradise job. Mm. Best well, job in the you, world. You used to write lyrics, didn't you? Like, you, I remember you wrote a song called Golf and Dolphin once. Well, That's when I was in a band, you know, I, of I, I, was a poet, I was the poet laureate of the Lansdowne Hotel um, when we used to play there. How many bottles of sherry did, yeah. did, you, did yeah. it take for the, for the dolphin rhyme to come through? Uh, it was mostly Tui's new. And, uh, you know, that's what I'd be demanding back then. But. I personally. I think this is cat's piss, <clears throat> and that's because 600 bottles of sherry. Sherry to me is literally cat's piss. <laughs> it is just the worst drink there is, so it's cat's piss. <laughs> All right, and our final job that actually exists in Buckingham Palace in the year of 2018 is my favourite. This is called The Master of the Horse. Well, this would be. <laughs> Taylor. Yeah, Taylor's yeah. known for his love of horses. I do like anything related to horses. Is but this the is the person that gets Camilla dressed in the morning. No. <laughs> this is. This is. Um, Oi, we'll don't have, don't we'll mock the royal harp carrier, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> um, the master of the horse has one job, and they have to assist the monarch whenever the sovereign is mounted on horse at official ceremonies or parades. Where it gets interesting with the current uh, incumbent of the job is that the Queen has never once mounted a horse (laughs) 
so he has very little to do. <laughs> the, Imagine how busy he was in Queen, was it Queen, Queen Catherine's state? Well, this is the thing, yeah, so oh. Catherine the Great. Yeah, the Great. So, it would have been a busy job back then. A little bit of a history lesson. The, the position, which has been held since the 14th century, used to be one of huge importance and political influence. You had the ear of the monarch because you were getting them on and off horses every day. Mm. But in 1924... Um, the office became much less influential and prestigious pretty much after the invention of the car. Mm. So oh. the Queen obviously <laughs> rides horses recreationally for pleasure when she's on hunts and stuff, but he's not required for that. It's only oh. if she is in a – like going down the mall, mm. oh. going to a royal wedding on a horse. When you say going down the mall, you mean going to the shopping mall? <laughs> yeah, going down to Berkshire Going to Westfield. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> um, so she has never once – ridden a horse in a ceremonial capacity. She's either in a car or a horse and carriage. So this guy's he's got jack shit to do. <laughs> Does he get paid in <laughs> sherry at least? <laughs> no. He's he's regarded as the least employed person at Buckingham Palace, but they like to keep the office on out of respect for tradition. Uh, right. let's, let's go around the table. Craig, the master of the horse, cat's piss or cat's pyjamas? Cat's pyjamas, greatest job on earth. I am up for it, Queenie, if you're listening. I'm up for this job. I want it. Charles? I think this is cat's pyjamas. I, 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 <laughs> I, what can you say? Yeah, what can I say? Like, what a what stupid... Do you, do you think that... What do you get bored... Like, oh, yeah. yeah so this, to me, this I, I want to be the best job in the world. No, you'd like, would he wake I, up in the morning and go, any plans to get on a horse ceremony? <laughs> no? Okay, I'm off. <laughs> See you tomorrow. I reckon <laughs> this By is the way, why are those bagpipes still going? What time? <laughs> I reckon this is the guy who does things like, you know, organises Princess Di to be driven into a wall. Oh, you reckon he's got oh, other jobs? I reckon he's right. the sort of MI6 yeah. attache. The Svengali. And, mm. and they go, how do we make this a non-suspicious Appointment. I know. We'll make it the master of the horse. <laughs> yes, no one or mounter of the horse, whatever it's called. <laughs> it? Oh, yes. Well, that's a common position that everyone will just accept <laughs> blindly. <laughs> Should we just clarify if it's master of the horse or mounter of the horse? Because yeah. they're two different jobs. <laughs> oh, that is a different job. Yeah. <laughs> mounter of the horse was Princess Anne for many years. <laughs> now, the current uh, master of the horse is Lord Vesti. It's a lord. Mm. Oh, uh, it's not hereditary, is it? It's hereditary. You wouldn't get anyone less no. than a lord to do a completely non-essential <laughs> job. <laughs> um, now, you say non-essential, Dom. Um, I do. Apparently, even though he's not required to do any other duties, he does look after the royal stables, um, which are called the royal muse. So he, I think almost out of a sense of indolence and guilt, he does take on additional horse-related duties, even though he's not expected to, and even though it's said by some royal watchers to be demeaning to the position to see him work around the stables. Mucking out the stables. Mm. Mm. Isn't this wrong? Essentially... Massive cat's piss. I mean, if if your entire life's work was to do one thing, you had one function, it, it would be a form of torture. It'd be like being a cabbie who just sat there in the rank all day, never, ever, ever being caught, admittedly still getting paid and getting to be a lord. But I think, <laughs> imagine dying and and just thinking, well, I spent fifty or sixty years being the the lord who was the master of the horse, and the Fucking queen didn't call on me one bloody time. Yeah, but imagine the anticipation every day going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you think that's what happened? Do you think it's the, the queen, greatest cliffhanger ever? Do you think the queen sort of actually goes, you know, I'm thinking of mounting my horse tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Might 
skirt on a horse. Just stick around. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon, I'm going to buy the rights to this. It's going to be the biggest cliffhanger ever. <laughs> the other weird thing about the job is, like, the, the Windsors, and all the royals are very horsey oh, they're people. they're very horsey. They're the last mm. family that need help getting onto a horse. Yeah. So even if the, she ever did get on one, she'd go, no, I think I've got it. <laughs> all right, there we have it for another edition of the podcast, Cats, Pajamas or Cats Piss. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I've been Chris. You've been listening to Craig, Charles, Dominic and Andrew. I'll catch you on the next one. Cats Pajamas or Cats Piss with The Chaser was written and presented by The Chaser. Created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia, producer Alex Mitchell, sound production by Darcy Thompson and Matt Nikolic. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au, download the Podcast One app or search Cats Pajamas on Apple Podcasts.